Apple presents events at the Apple Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Hamish Robertson. Hello, thank you all. Thank you all very much for coming out tonight. Welcome to the uh, Start Something New and uh, Inspired and Start Something New event. Uh, we're going to invite four of the artists who were involved in uh, the campaign that you'll see downstairs. It's uh, a project by Apple to promote artists who have created their work on uh, Mac and iOS devices. So uh, can we start with welcoming uh, photographer Austin Mann to the stage? And next up is uh, Jingyao Gua, an illustrator. And Marcelo Gomez, an photographer. And Thea Allison Gowdy, who's a filmmaker, and she's being joined by Marin Patton, her editor. Excellent, we're all here. We're going to have an audience Q&A in a little bit. First, uh, we're going to hear from the artists themselves about the, uh, the work that they've made that is uh, being, being shown around the world by Apple. I'm going to start with Austin. Uh, can you see Austin's image? Here it is. Uh, Austin, can you tell us a little bit about how this work came about, how you made it, and where it was taken, and, and the process? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you guys could all make it out on such a cold night. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, so this image uh, was shot with the iPhone 6 Plus in, uh, in September, and I was over there actually working on a review of, uh, of the device of the iPhone 6 Plus, and uh, um, it's actually a really fun story. Um, I've been in Iceland a couple times and kind of know my way around at least certain areas, and uh, this was actually, um, I drove by this area, um, and there was, a, there was a road that was just going off the main road. And uh, for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I, I had passed this road and, and uh, my friend was driving. And I said, hey, stop. Why don't you stop? Let's turn around and just drive up that road. And he's like, well, okay, why? And I'm like, I, I don't know. There, there could be something really cool up there. And so uh, we started driving and went on for, uh, I, I don't know, probably 45 minutes. And uh, there was a lot of fog. and. Um, couldn't really see much, and uh, we got to a dead end and uh, turned back around. And uh, when we came back, the fog had lifted, and uh, it revealed this huge glacier. And uh, so we were glad the fog lifted. We were glad that we stopped and uh, went down this road. And um, so we went down and scaled uh, uh, just a big uh, rock, um, kind of a, a sheer rock face, and. Uh, got down there and kind of explored for a while and, and uh, this shot presented itself and, and actually this was my friend Jordan that was just out on the glacier and uh, it's not something we set up or anything but he was out there exploring and I was over here and sh took the shot. So uh, it was a really neat opportunity to, to just do a full width pano because sometimes it's so hard to actually shoot from edge to edge um, with, uh, with uh, compelling imagery uh, all the way and uh, so this was a really neat place to put that to the test. Excellent. And were there, were there any um, specific apps you used other than the, the panorama to create this, this finished image? Yeah, so one of my favorite things really about this process was just um, the, the way that it uh, just presented itself and, and completely kind of unplanned um, and then the ability to capture it, but then also the ability to um, 
um, edit it right there while um, just kind of in the middle of that inspiration. And um, that's one of my most, uh, just my favorite things about creating on the iPhone platform really is um, that I can be inspired, I can shoot and capture it, and then I can edit it and even share it all in one fell swoop, and um, which is a really different process than what I'm used to with um, shooting with traditional camera equipment and um, high-end pano kits and all that stuff. You have to slow down and you have to kind of conform to that equipment, and um, and I really like the ability to just be able to um, do it all really quickly. So um, after we climbed back up the rock face, sat down in the car, I think I had this edited in, I mean, five minutes or so um, uh, from from finishing shooting it. Fantastic, thank you. Uh, Jing Yao, can we um, move on to your image? I'd love you to hear a little bit about how you created this street scene. Um, so I got contact by Apple, and uh, they want me to make an image for the campaign Start Something New. And I talked to my art director, Dave, and he told me about this app called iDraw. And um, he told me it's like um, uh, it's this app you can actually make vector image, which is I normally do. I use Illustrator to make um, illustrations. So the main theme is about Chinese New Year. I grew up in China and I, mm, I lived there about 18 years, I think. And uh, I haven't celebrated Chinese New Year in 12 years. And uh, so this is basically what I remember Chinese New Year was it like. Um, um, what else? Fantastic, thank you. <laughs> Moving along to Marcelo's photograph, photo series. Hi. Um, I created, well, I didn't have a whole lot of time to do it. I had a couple of days to work on it. So I more or less hold myself at home. Um, I have a mini studio uh, in my house. And I, I thought that, for whatever reason, I just thought that something abstract could be um, really perfect for this. Um, so what I used to create this was, um, well, the iPhone, obviously, um, and this, it's a, it's a stack of color sheets called uh, Colorade, which is something that, it's like an art school supply, so it's um, most um, art school kids, they, you know, they have, have come across it at some point. Um, and I have that stuff around the house anyway, I have two sets, and um, I use it to just create these color palettes just for myself, um, you know, for different things, different projects. And um, I thought that this would be perfect for it, considering you know the size of the iPhone and um, what the final image image had to be. Um, so I just set up these different color palettes, and I shot a whole lot, which it wasn't as quick as Austin. So I shot a ton, and it just took me a whole other day to just edit um, the, the the three final. Well, actually, I shot more like eight images, all in all, and um, that's it. And these, these were using as a special app to create the effect? Yeah, yeah. I was using the, the slow shutter app to allow me to, um, to have longer exposures, um, you know, to create the sort of moving um, painterly thing. Thank you. Now, next, we're going to see, before we hear from her, we're going to see Th uh, Thea's short film that was edited by Marin. <laughs> Thank you. 
That looks like quite the process. Could you, uh, <laughs> can you talk us through it? Um, yeah. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done stop motion, but um, it usually takes uh, anywhere from like 15 to 18 hours to make like 15 seconds. So, <clears throat> you know, when Apple called, it was, you know, one of those amazing moments where they're like, do whatever you want. So of course you get overly ambitious um, and you're like, I wanna do everything. So um, it kind of started out, uh, you know, trying to come up with something that was a celebration of the new year. And uh, lately I've been very interested in this idea of sort of staying wild. So um, I've, I chose a color palette to begin with and then I, I sort of let the idea sort of evolve over a couple days um, trying to get props and, you know, when you're doing stop motion, things need to move. Um, so you, you need to have objects that can animate uh, and also that can have humor. So it was a, it was, it, and, and trying to come up with a golden thread all the way through everything and literally gold um, and obviously pink. Um, so we, <laughs> I mean, we, we came up with a whole lot of ideas, but in the end it happened like this. Um, and I would say we worked with Final Cut. Um, what happens is we shoot everything frame by frame. I don't know if any of you know how stop motion works, but you know, it's like Gumby. So you uh, start out, you have the object in front of you, you take one frame, you move the object a tiny bit, and you take another frame. And this goes on and on until like three in the morning. Um, and your ideas get kind of crazy as you go. You tr we tried a lot of different things, um, and they you know, were very complicated, and we ended up having to back away from it, and then we'd try something else. And, um, but in the end, I think the whole goal of it was to kind of really push the envelope and try repetition in color and, and try simple objects that would be really kind of fun for people to see, uh, you know, taking an ordinary pine cone and how can you make it you know, look like an equalizer in a stereo. Um, that kind of was our, our goal, was to make something really fun and playful. Um, so once we shoot everything, um, then we take all the still images and we put them in Final Cut. And then from there, uh, Marin and I work together. Um, we work as a team when we do stop motion. I couldn't do it without her. <laughs> you know, one person's shooting and the other person has to uh, move objects. And then we take... You know, we take time and, and, and look at, we drop them in as we go scene by scene and look at them and see, and hopefully we don't have to reshoot something. Uh, but Marin can speak a little bit about Final Cut, if you'd like, about how the process Please, works, putting them into the program. Sure, so once it's been shot, um, then I take all of the frames we've just shot um, and bring it into Final Cut. And some of the really great features in Final Cut that helps out with especially organizing all these frames is a function called keyword. Um, so each scene, I'll bring it in, and then I'll select the whole scene of images, um, which could be anywhere from like 200 frames to 300 frames uh, for one scene. And then I could just hit Command-K and name it scene one or scene two or whatever scene it is. And that way it creates the simple file structure you can see over there on the left side, um, which makes it easy to access for when I'm editing in the timeline later. Um, and then another feature that I really like is called uh, creating a compound group. 
um, a compound clip, I'm sorry. So but once I've timed everything, you can select them all again in your timeline, create a compound clip. So then these 300 frames that were in the timeline that I would have to move around whenever Thayer and I are talking about how the flow of the movie goes, um, it's a lot easier as a compound clip because it's just one block of footage now. It's not 300 slivers in your timeline. So it's very helpful. Thank you. Um, next, I'd love to know um, for each of you really what path uh, led, led you to your current artistic practices. Um, Austin, I know you have a pretty uh, enlightened story. Um, would you share that with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I grew up in a family that um, was Apple using since I was uh, since I was born, and um, and so I've always been around digital imaging and media, and and um, um, did a lot of web development stuff uh, throughout high school, and um, and then actually in uh, 2005, um, I guess up to that point I'd done a lot of graphic design, but had never gotten into photography or anything like that. And um, in 2005, uh, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and it was through that that um, I ended up changing some things in my life and had some extra time on my hands. And um, I found I had a camera that I had been given for high school uh, graduation, and uh, I picked it up and started shooting. And uh, it was a really uh, just profound time of my life. It was really special, and um, I began. It became almost a form of worship for me that I could uh, um, use that time to um, capture the beauty that I saw in creation. And just um, I, I love seeing um, light and darkness, and just capturing that light as it falls on different textures. And I think this picture there um, is a really good example of that. And just exploring, kind of walking into the unknown, um, and I, with faith that I'm going to find something. And and um, and so that's really how I started as a photographer, and um, that's kind of what has. Uh, carried me as I continue to tell stories about different things um, that are happening in the world and and um, and especially um, strive to tell stories um, uh, about organizations that are having an impact um, in various parts of the world. That's great. Thank you. Uh, Jingyao, how did you become an illustrator? Mm, I like to draw ever since I was a kid and uh, um, and I I graduated from high school in China, and my mom lives in America, so my family decided I should go to America because I'm not, not really good enough to get into art school in China. And uh, so I came here, and I, I went to this art school called, uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, called MICA, and I double majored painting and illustration. And uh, I graduated in 2008, and I've been doing illustration ever since. And, th and that's for, you do for commercial clients and editorial? Editorial and the commercials, yeah. M Marcelo, what about you? Um, my story is a little kind of long, but um, I, I went to university, well, I, f I finished high school in the US, and um, I was playing a lot of basketball then. And then uh, I was recruited to play Division I basketball at the University of Iowa, so I was there for four years. Um, but I was a political science major, so. Um, but I always wanted to live in New York, and eventually um, I moved here, and I started interning at this magazine called Index Magazine, which was um, a great art publication um, here in New York. And I ended up being hired and working there for around three years, and I got to meet basically all my photography heroes, you know, at the time. Um, Wolfgang Tillmans would come around, and. Jürgen Teller and 
these Japanese photographers and anyway. And so um, it was then that I sort of got this brilliant idea that I should go and take pictures because that seemed like a really good job. And so, um, so I did that and, um, and it worked out. It's been good. Well done. Uh, Thea, how did you become a photographer and director? Um, oh, I've been a photographer, commercial photographer, for about 15 years. Um, before that, I was a producer in the industry. Um, and I sort of stumbled into the whole thing, as most people do, it sounds like. Um, I was going to junior college, and I needed like one more credit. And my boyfriend at the time handed me a camera, and he was like, you should take a photography class. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of the end. I wanted to be a lawyer. That didn't really work out. I just got completely addicted, and that was it. The like, spare bedroom turned into a dark room, and it was a nightmare. Um, but I really haven't stopped since then. And as a photographer moving into the moving image, it's very, I mean, I don't know if it's like this for a lot of other still photographers, but it's uh, kind of daunting because you want to control everything that happens. Um, in every frame, you don't know how to let go when it when it goes to motion. So, sort of as an a way to move into motion, um, a friend of mine who has Anthology Magazine out of the blue asked um, us to do a stop motion, which I proceeded to go online and teach myself how to do stop motion because I didn't know how to do it. Um, and so we just sort of made up the way that we do it, um, and that was sort of how it all began. And then I fell in love with it and became addicted because. And see, anytime you see anything non-animated start moving, like a lemur or throw a little ball, we find it hilarious, so. <laughs> That's it, thank you. Um, now the App Apple grouped all these images uh, under the heading of start something new. And uh, that to me conjures images of a blank canvas of the, the sort of clean slate that we're all faced with in, in different creative processes. Um, where uh, where do each of you find your inspiration to sort of break down that that blank canvas and, and really start making work, Austin? Um, I, I I think that uh, for me, uh, walking into new different places in the world um, that are unknown um, and just uh, making time to observe and making time to just be still and uh, absorb that uh, is really inspiring to me. So. Um, uh, I love to like, um, you know, plan a shot and then go uh, plan all the logistics and hunt it down and then capture it. But I, um, that inspiration is very different than just like going to a place that I know is that I'll be just basking in beauty and then um, see the world around me and figure out how to accomplish um, the task of, of capturing it. And, um, and so there's always technical challenges and there's a little bit of adventure there and just the, the unknown. And um, I love that process of just kind of throwing myself into that, uh, to a beautiful place and figuring out um, what's next. How do, I, how do I capture this? What's interesting about this? What's interesting about the light? Um, um, yeah, that's, that's what I really love. Start something new. Are we talking about this particular piece, or just no? Really, just about uh, what inspires you to to uh, either in the style of illustration that you make, or even just to to make your own personal work. Um, I think, um, well, as an illustrator, I think 
for advice for anyone who wants to become illustrator or artist, they should always look for new medium or you know, there's always excuse to start something new. And uh, I mean, when I was in school, like teacher always teaches we should have um, a style, like that's your signature. But I think, um, I think it's kind of old fashioned, not being, um, you know, ungrateful to say that, but um, I never have a style and uh, I'm just doing whatever I think it's fun for me. <laughs> I don't know if that's right, but um, I mean, if you want to create something, it's interesting. You have to have fun with it. Just don't bore your audience. Marcelo, you mentioned Wolfgang Til Tilsman and a few other photographers yeah, um, who you were around. Uh, were there particular people who influenced you too? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I was first starting out, um, I think it's natural that any you know if you're a musician or you're you're a painter, or a photographer, whatever it is that you do, you, you tend to look to others and, and see stuff that you like. And I think that's the early stages of identifying within yourself who you're going to be at some point. Um, but for me, I mean, inspiration comes from living in New York City. It's it's kind of hard not to be inspired all the time. I think that's sort of the point in a way. Um, but at this point, I also allow myself. I give myself the latitude to. Um, to do whatever I want as far as to try different things all the time. And for me, it's always, it's a um, trial and a lot of error all the time. And then there are a couple of things that work out. And then I just keep doing that more and more. And then I get bored and I do something else and then something else. And so, so it's, um, I don't think too, too much about it. I just more or less live my life, read the books that I want to read, watch the films that I want to watch. And then I'll just do what I whatever thing just caught my attention. Oh, maybe I should try and do that. And that, that sounds like a good idea. And then I'll just try and do it. And most of the time, I'll, it won't work out. But then sometimes it does, and it's cool. Sounds great. Thea, uh, what about you? Um, I think um, my inspiration uh, as a, I think coming from a, being a still photographer, going into motion, um, my inspiration for stop motion started uh, with you know, still photography, as a lifestyle photographer, I shoot so many images one after another and they basically become little films. So it just sort of kind of slowly evolved in that way. Um, I, I gain a lot of inspiration from all of my friends and their artwork. Uh, that's a big part of my inspiration. We all sort of feed off each other. Um, endless people on Instagram, oh my God. And get into like a rabbit hole until like four in the morning just like, you know, one person after another. Um, Wes Anderson, obviously. Um, and color, I think, is just, I go to Mexico quite a bit. So um, these sort of pinks and purples and colors of buildings and all of these things really inspire me. I travel a lot as a photographer, so um, all of that and textures around me, I think that, that tends to sort of all gel over time and starts to just seep into the work. Are there um, must-have apps that you would recommend when you're when you're traveling? Is there nothing you leave home without? <laughs> yeah, there. Are, I mean, on my front screen, I use uh, pretty much Shake It Photo um, nonstop all the time for you know photos. I tend to take them in the camera app and then I put them into little Polaroids. Um, my Nest because I always leave home and forget to turn my heat off. 
And uh, TripIt, I use all the time because I travel endlessly and so I, I will forget something or can't find it. <laughs> Marcelo, do you have some favorites? Um, let's see. I used to, to be honest, I really like the, just a straight up uh, iPhone camera. I use the HDR function quite a bit um, because it helps to, um, when you're shooting backlit stuff especially, um, you know, you know, with digital, any digital camera anywhere, it, it stuff gets blown out or it's too dark. And with HDR, it actually helps you because it makes the compositive frames in different exposures. So um, I really like the iPhone camera. It's sort of the thing that I use all the time. Jing do you have a favorite on your I iPhone? I like Instagram. <laughs> That's always going to be a popular favorite. Um, I use the iPhone camera as well, the native app, and just find it to be a really powerful, quick way to capture and, and uh, have played with a lot of different ones, but always go back to the, the native camera. But and I also use it, um, I just forgot, I also use it to, the reason why I use it so much is because I use it to, um, for everything, to take notes. Um, if I'm reading a book and then there's a passage that I, you know, I will underline it, but I also just um, take a photo of it so I can go, um, so I can actually save it into Evernote. I actually use Evernote quite a bit, I forgot about that. So, yeah, there. I'm reading my questions on it right now. Um, with the iPhone being a communication device and uh, most of the work that you're doing, all of you being intrinsically personal, is, uh, have you found that having a sharing tool in your sort of personal creative space, does that change the way that you uh, make the work at all? Austin, do you use the iPhone for anything other than photography when you're, when you're sh uh, in the field? Yeah, so I... Um, as a travel photographer, I work a lot with different nonprofits and charitable organizations that are doing development work, whether it's schools and education or uh, clean stoves and um, other projects like that. And um, as a part of a lot of what my work is as a photographer, is also is my ultimate goal is really to highlight stories of, of change and uh, different people that are working with organizations with purpose. And as part of that, a lot of times things are happening on the ground live with um, whether it's a, um, a food drop or something that I want to be able to share about right now. And um, that's one of the things that I found that's really powerful uh, in working with my iPhone is I can shoot at it and share it immediately and um, really be almost like a, a beacon uh, that's, that's live right now, capturing and shooting and, and sharing. And um, I love that process. And, and I think um, for photographers, um, we're, we have clients asking us to do a lot more than just take pictures these days. We need to be savvy. Uh, um, beyond just the photograph and uh, that's a great service that I can offer my client is also a platform and strategizing about that and kind of the happening now content. Fantastic, thank you. Uh, we're going to take some questions from the audience now if anybody has questions for any or all of the artists. Gentleman in the front row. Um, uh, this question's for the photographers up there. Uh, what is your advice to uh, get seen to get visible above the noise that's say on Instagram and other social networks. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we'll just post your stuff. Um, it's not enough for a lot of people. Um, and uh, just wondering what, what would, you know, sometimes just being yourself isn't enough for, for a lot of people. So I'm just curious, what would be your advice for say a photographer who wants to get his work out there? Um, I'd say there's a couple of fundamental things that I see um, 
they can really set our uh, photographers apart. And one of them is is shooting. It, it's kind of surprising, but there's so many uh, photographers that are out there looking at other photographers and consuming and trying, looking for inspiration and like maybe say learning or honing their craft or whatever. But what they should be doing is shooting. Like you don't you don't build a portfolio unless you're shooting all the time. I'm I'm shooting every day all the time, and and I think that's a really fundamental basic thought but uh somehow it seems to be one that a lot of photographers miss and then i think also just um really uh treat people well everybody that you meet treat them well and and um and help help people offer your offer to help others that are in places that um that you want to be that you want to be in yourself and learn from them and uh just be a sponge and uh that that'll treat you really well i think in any any in any industry but especially in photography do, do you want to be a commercial photographer? <laughs> Sorry. Or fine art. I'm just curious. I don't know what I want to be. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I work very hard. I shoot all the time myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do it on the side on top of my day-to-day -day job. Okay. And it's, uh, it's frustrating when you see almost somebody duplicate what you do uh, a lot of the time. And right. You know, they get a lot of the credit and 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 stuff like that. I I just would love to be able to do what I love to do, and survive off of that. Yeah. Not not be we famous. All, we all do. Not be famous. Not be rich, but just do what I want to do, and live. Yeah, I mean, it, I, like I was saying earlier, that you know, it, it, image saturation is a you know from from consumers, you know, and, and like hobbyists all the way up to professionals. You know, it's it's a whole different landscape now. Um, but I think if you get involved in things that can help you get your work out there, like what we're doing, um, if someone comes to you and asks you to photograph something, um, and it's free marketing to millions of people around the world, you say yes, you know, um, whatever interests you. Like, uh, I have a friend that we're going to do, uh, some pictures for her dog company coming up. So it's, it's sort of like nonprofits, like whatever you can do to get the work out there. That's in an authentic manner. Um, I think that will make your voice louder and, and much clearer. That sounds like great advice. Uh, with the lady in the second row. Um, I, is there something, is there like an app you wish existed or what would be like in your dream at app, whether it's to help editing or workflow or just something that... Who wants this one? Um, I'd like an HDR stop motion app that I can shoot and edit and retouch in all in one <laughs> on the iPad. Aim high. That was very specific. <laughs> I, I want to get into the film and animation depart department and get look for some jobs involving film and animation. Do you have any advice on what, what I can do to help prepare for my future, my career? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I think, um, well, I've been, I started doing freelance about three years ago and, the, and it's always hard to when you first start and try to get clients my advice just um just keep doing work and just post everywhere like everywhere like blogs and uh, tumblr and uh, instagram 
and uh, don't worry about if someone take your work and uh, uses their own work, and that's only a good thing. So just um, do a lot of work and uh, post your work everywhere. And uh, I, I, a lot of my um, clients, I, I, I don't even know how they find me. I think it's just word of the mouth. It's like the best way to get work. Thank you. Daya? Yeah, I, I would say, um, first and foremost, you have to find your vision um, and your voice, which can sometimes take a while. Um, and I think that means listening to your intuition. Um, if you're going to stand out, it means you have to be different. Um, so you, I think that, to me, is the most important part um, of being able to market yourself in, in this very vast you know, place we have now with a lot of images and films. It's very saturated. Um, in order to do that, the more you are yourself and you have a look and a feel that's yours, you're going to stand out. I'm trying to get involved with the Disney studio, so yeah. That's great. That's great. And, and, you know, and all the time, I mean, all for years when I was working for other people, building up my portfolio, trying to find my own voice, um, you know, learn everything you can about the industry. The smarter you can be and learn about it while you're figuring out what your thread is through everything is going to make you a, a better commercial artist if that's the route you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for your question. Good luck with your application. Who's next? What would you say to the, the people in, um, in China who, who didn't think you could get into uh, art school <laughs> now, now that you're, you've doing, you're doing work with Apple? <laughs> I'm just, well, I guess I can't get into the art school in China because it's, um, it's because there's too many people and the two few art schools so and uh, you have literally to sit there take a test like you have to draw that person and they grade you and i i'm not very good with tests and i get really nervous <laughs> and well i'm just really happy like um i'm happy like i did this for apple my family in china they all saw it they were like all really proud of me. They all text me, say, you did a good job. And before that, they don't even know what I do. So it's kind of great. <laughs> Mike has a really good school too, right? Mike has great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so some of you talked about adopting new processes or new kind of techniques for the purpose of this kind of start something new project. Um, and I think that that can be fun and enjoyable. Do any of you who kind of described that process, do you, see, do you see yourself continuing that into the new year as sort of an ongoing exploration of this new craft that you've tried out, like with the, um, the color paper or the new program, the iDraw program? Yeah, actually, um, for this project, I'd actually been recently experimenting with this stuff, just um, using, I shoot with um, analog cameras, and I have been working on this stuff um, recently. And so, yeah, I mean, th these pictures actually will exist beyond this, um, this use, you know, um, this artwork for Apple, yeah. Can he tell his story? Yeah, Marcelo, Marcelo has a, a pretty fun story about sh uh, the transition from film. Oh, right. If we can call um, it a transition from film to digital. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, what happened, I guess the question had been um, if one of, you know, any of us had used um, Apple products, I mean, um, you know, to actually capture imagery before professionally, commercially. 
And um, a while back, I was commissioned by the New York Times to um, to shoot a diary of my my diary of Fashion Week. So they they sort of they pick some photographers and they divvy up certain shows for, for a certain artist. And um, um, I had done because I shoot film most of the time. And I, because it's for the web, the turnaround is insane. I mean, I would be running to the lab, cabs, the whole thing. It was crazy. And so this time around, I tried to I decided to try something new, and I, I showed up to the shows with my camera, my, my Leica M6, without any film in it, and my little pass and everything to, to try and shoot everything. And I would sort of fake shoot with the unloaded camera, but really shoot everything with the iPhone. I think it was like the iPhone 4 or something. Um, with the HDR function, which was why, what made it weird and cool, because the light was so bad. Um, you know, it was like low light situations, and it would just create these sort of, it's almost like that you could see the, the, the phone more or less having to f create um, uh, sort of parts of the picture because they weren't there. So anyway, um, and the photo editors didn't know, but they thought I shot all everything in film, and it was just weird looking, and but it worked out. That's awesome. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you all very much for coming out on this uh, this chilly evening. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, the artists here will be uh, sticking around afterwards, uh, as well as. Uh, we have demo units of some of the technology used, the phones, the uh, iDraw, uh, Final Cut, and I believe um, some of the uh, developers behind those products will be here to answer some questions as well. So stick around, and thank you again. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>